42! Blue, 42! Hut, hut, hike! This is The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show. Breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast. I am Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host and billionaire playboy, Justin Knight. Um, I'm kind of speechless this morning, huh? <laughs> I told I you last I week. I a billionaire. I told you last week, every week, I'm going to introduce you in a different way. This week, it's flattering. Next week, probably not going to be. So, <laughs> uh, I'll take billionaire. Uh, today, we're talking all the blockbuster NFL trades, a bit of college football news, some huge MLB roster changes, and of course, March Madness. Uh, but we do have some sad news, Justin, to start off the episode. Longtime NFL reporter John Clayton, he passed away this week at the age of 67, one of the best to do it, and a wonderful man by all accounts. Uh, I don't know if you remember, Justin, he had one of the greatest commercials of all time uh, from some time ago where... After he finished filming a segment at home for ESPN, he just tears away his suit and he has yeah, a sleeveless has a Slayer hair. shirt on. Yeah, he's got the long <laughs> hair. He jumps on the bed and he screams for his mom to bring pizza rolls or something. I don't, yeah. It's great. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, just look up on YouTube John Clayton that's, Sports that's when Center sports commercial. Center commercials were actually good and creative. Yeah, those were great. There was like a run. It only lasted probably about a year, but there was like a, what would you say that was? Maybe 2010? Yeah, probably some, maybe a little before that, but yeah, sometime probably around then. But yeah, they they would have it where they were at the sports center office. They'd have different athletes doing commercials with them. They were all really good and creative. But now, you know, I don't even know if they do anything like that anymore. Yeah, you don't really see much of that anymore. They had that one. They had the Roll Tide commercial, which was great. They had yeah some really good ones. Um, but yeah, that's that's a big loss. That sucks. I like John Clayton. Yeah, I think yeah, he was let go from ESPN in like 2017. Yeah, maybe. Um, when they had all the uh, all the, the cuts they had to make, which sucked. And a lot of people was upset that he was one of those that didn't get to stick yep. around. But uh, he's great. Yeah, I liked John Clayton a lot. Uh, in lighter news, this is old news at this point, Justin, but we I guess we should mention that Tom Brady is back. Huh, yeah. Not retiring. What do you think about that? Uh, no one's surprised. I was no. like, there's no way this dude's going to last, especially after having one of the better seasons in his career. Um, so, I mean, I'm not shocked. I don't, I don't see why he did it in the first place. Um, I mean, what did it take, 40 days? Could yeah. you make it 40? Yeah. So. How many times do you think he will retire before he actually retires? I think it may just be that one time. I think now he'll probably play for a couple more years. And then I think he'll finally retire. But I don't. Who knows? He may retire at forty-seven, then try to come back at fifty or something. Yeah, because I don't know that you come back just for one more season. No, so yeah, th- he'll probably play two or three more years. I feel like. I would think two. Yeah, at the very at the least. But you never know. Maybe he comes back this year, and then he's like, "Oh man, I should have retired. <laughs> I can't do this." Yeah, you never know. I don't know. Maybe maybe if he wins a championship this year, maybe that'll be like, "Okay, I'm done." I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, Deshaun Watson is leaving the Texans for the Browns, and this is huge because despite getting up three first-round picks over the next three years, as well as a third and fourth rounder and a guaranteed $230 million contract, they're also putting their image on the line because those 22 uh, allegations of assault by different women are uh, still being looked into. That has not went away by any means. And if those those prove to have any validity, then the Browns are in as, as much trouble as they've ever been in. So this is quite a gamble, I'd say. Do you think he's worth the risk? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Because um, yeah, now at this point, it's just a civil lawsuit. Um, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of money to be given somebody, especially that played football in a couple years and still has all the lawsuits going over their head. So, um it may not be the best idea. <laughs> it's a lot to throw at this guy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe they feel confident that he's going to come out of this and, you know, have no repercussions, that maybe he is, is innocent, you know? And and he could be. We don't know. Like, we, we generally do not know. But this also leads to Baker Mayfield getting released as he reportedly wanted. At first, they the Browns told him no, but now I guess they're saying, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> we don't know where he's going to end up just yet either. So that will be something we keep an eye on. Anywhere you'd like to see Baker Mayfield go, I don't really care personally. But uh, progress, Progressive insurance would be great. Yeah, he does He does good work over there. Yeah. You, you said you thought it would be funny if they keep him if they keep him on the roster and just make him do those commercials. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, we're going to make you do these commercials, and then you're going to give us some of your check. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love that. Well, the LA Rams have locked up quarterback Matt Stafford for at least four more years with a $160 million extension. And the Steelers gave Mitch Trubisky a two-year deal worth $14.25 million, which upsets me as a Steelers fan, but whatever. That's fine, I guess. There's worse That's, quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. Let me put that in quotation marks. A Steelers fan. Yeah, I'd say... I'd say the as light a fan as you can be in that I watch a few games a year and if they're in the playoffs I will root for them and if they're not I don't bat an eye so <laughs> say that yeah. uh, the Tennessee Titans have released Julio Jones one of many receivers we're about to talk about uh, this week and are waiting to see who will sign him at the time of recording rumors are it could be the Packers or the Cowboys or you know anyone else who just really wants a future Hall of Fame receiver so the reason Green Bay might be most likely, though, is because they traded wide receiver Devontae Adams to the Raiders for a first and second round pick in the coming draft this week as well. And Adams is getting a five-year, $141.25 million contract. Mm. It's a lot of money, I think. What do you think? Um, Yeah, I mean, especially for a wide receiver, you just never know. Because, um, yeah, I don't know with Julio yet. Um problem with him is he just can't stay healthy who knows how many games you're gonna get out of him i mean how many games was he actually on the field last year for the titans not a lot not not the majority (laughs) so i mean that's that's a huge risk with him now um is that he just he's not healthy um but if you get a full season out of him you know you'll he'll probably have a really good season because we know what he's capable of but i mean what is he's in his 30s what, what how old is he like 32 33 um, but yeah, I mean, if he's healthy, he's one of the top wide receivers in the league. But you know, the risk is, will you get him for a full, uh, for a full season? 
Yeah, I feel like uh, Green Bay would probably make the most sense since they don't really have a top guy now. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was weird to see because I'm I'm not a Packers fan. I like the Packers. I follow them, but it was weird to think that Devontae Adams is going to be a Raider. That that felt weird to me almost. But yeah, I guess Devontae didn't like the idea of getting franchise tagged. So only thing he wanted to do was get traded at that point. Yeah. Which honestly is the for Green Bay ends up being uh, the worst of the deals. You get now you have Aaron Rodgers for five years. You know, two hundred million, whatever. Um, and then you lose a younger guy in Adams, because um, yeah, who knows with Rodgers, he could after two years just be like, yeah, I'm done. So, I don't. Yeah. And Rodgers hadn't done anything for you in the playoffs. So, uh, and finally, Juju Smith-Schuster has left Pittsburgh to becomes a Kansas City Chief. It was first reported that he would get a one-year deal with a bit over ten million, but now conflicting reports say it could be significantly lower. So we just don't really know at this point, but. He will no longer be with Pittsburgh. I think I would just give him a bag of chips for him. A bag of chips. You think he'd take yeah. that deal? I guess it depends on what kind of chips they are. I don't know. Maybe the only deal he's getting. <laughs> and in college football this week, Alabama hired a new strength and conditioning assistant in Rick Dennison. Following the departure of Matt Ray, who left recently for the Saints, Dennison will be working alongside David Ballou. And the two worked together prior for 11 years at Indiana, so they already have quite a bit of history. We haven't even worked together for 11 years, Justin, because I haven't known you for 11 years. And also, this podcast is only three years old. Uh, it's just a young little baby. Do you think they have as much chemistry as we do, which is no. nearly none? No. Yeah, zero. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, in Auburn, ESPN reported this week that Tiger head coach Brian Harson says... He is not bitter over the dramatic inquiry that nearly uh, ended his firing early this year. Harson said in a quote, I wouldn't say that anybody really wants to go through that, but at the same time, I also saw some things that were really, really positive. I saw support and some people coming out and just stand up and talk about Auburn and talk about the things that we're doing and know that we're moving in the right direction. Do you buy this for a second, Justin? I don't. I think he hates them Heck and they no. hate him. I'd, I'd be bitter. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd, yeah, I would never talk to them unless I absolutely had to. No, yeah. Ugh, yuck. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. But what else is he going to say? No, I hate them. He can't do that, can he? Yeah, he can't say that either because they may be like, you're fired. I will be interested to see like when, whenever he does move on from Auburn, whether it's next year, if it's in 10 years, whatever, and just – when he's no longer associated with Auburn, and then if he can be more honest about it, and be like, I hated Rips every second. Him. Yeah, <laughs> I hated every person and every second I spent there. Yeah, I think he's probably gone at the end of the year unless he gets eight wins, and then and then maybe we'll hear how he really feels. But till then, <laughs> we'll just hear this nonsense, I guess. This week, Florida quarterback Emory Jones entered the transfer portal. Jones, of course, started in 12 games for the Gators last season, but this did not come as much a surprise because he had previously announced his interest in transferring after the hiring of Louisiana coach Billy Napier, uh, which was set to replace the fired Dan Mullen. Where do you think Emory Jones should end up, and do you think he should have left in the first place? Uh, he'll probably go um, Florida State Community College. 
yeah, I don't know. I don't remember Emory Jones being particularly fantastic. I remember he was good in the game against Alabama. And then after that. And that was probably it. Yeah, that was, that was about <laughs> it. So, you know, we'll see where he goes. I can't imagine it's going to be an upgrade, but Florida's not no. in good, uh, not in good situation either. So you're not going to do much there. In MLB, we had some significant moves, particularly for the Atlanta Braves. It all started when the Athletics traded all-star first baseman Matt Olson to the Braves, ending the Freddie Freeman era in Atlanta. Since then, Freeman has signed a six-year contract worth $162 million. And this ends a long era for the Braves and Freeman both, who is going on to play for the Dodgers, since he has spent nearly half his life with Atlanta, 12 years. So yeah, it's going to be strange seeing him in a in a blue uniform, but that's what we're going to get. And by blue, I mean a, a not the same blue as Atlanta's. <laughs> a slightly different blue. blue. <laughs> uh, what do you think about that? Should they have uh, just paid the money and kept him instead of getting Matt Olson? I don't know. I think there's conflicting reports from both sides. You know, he was complaining that they weren't very interested in him, and um, other things I'm hearing is that his agent wasn't doing a very good job for him. Um, I don't know. Um, I hate that it's the Dodgers. Um, you know, there's plenty of. I know he wanted to go closer to the home. He's, you know, born. He grew up around that area. But I mean, heck, he could have gone and played for the Padres or something or. The Giants. The Dodgers have um, all the money, so that's. Well, I, yeah, um, but uh, I, I hate it because I hate the Dodgers. I think a lot of people hate the Dodgers. Um, but yeah, it, it sucks. You know, he had a good career with Braves. Um, like I said, he spent a lot of time there and finally brought a World Series to him after a lot of years of you know tough early playoff losses or just barely missing the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think the Braves will be in a fine position because I mean they've made some good pickups. Uh, Matt Olson, he's not a Freddie Fre- Freeman, but um, he's got more power. Um, his average isn't as great, but um, he's had you know some decent seasons these past few years. Um, picked up some good pitching, um, so I think the Braves have another good shot of winning the division. Um, yeah, I'm gonna miss uh, miss Freddie. It's gonna be weird seeing him in Dodger blue. Yeah, and you also lose. Probably your number one jersey sell, I'd imagine. I mean, it's him and Acuna, so. Yeah, I. it was probably close, yeah, between him and Acuna. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think the Braves will be fine. Um, but we shall see. Additionally, shortstop Carlos Correa, he and the Minnesota Twins are in agreement on a three-year, $105.3 million contract that includes opt-outs after the first two seasons. Now, that one caught me by surprise. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, because even with all the issues with Houston, you know, the Astros and everything, they still had, they always had a good team. Um, just good players. That's why I never understood the cheating thing, because there's talented guys on that team. Um, so he leaves that, and I was thinking, uh, maybe the Yankees, um, you know, maybe someone could compete, maybe the Red Sox, um, but the, the Twins, the Twins, who have no playoff success, um, not for a while at least, um, uh, it's a little weird. But now we'll say the Twins have made some good pickups. they got some decent guys from the Yankees and uh, Gary Sanchez and uh, Gio Urshela, uh, Urshela. I think that's how you say his name's third baseman. Um, 
but it was very strange. When I saw that, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, that, that's weird. <laughs> and who, who, wants, who thinks, I'm going to go to Minnesota. I'm going to go play, I'm gonna play there. Well, I think that's why these, uh, these opt-outs have been included, because he's probably not 100% sold on them either. So. Yeah, he'd probably just be there for a year. Yeah. If they don't have success this year, be like, eh, okay, yeah, well, it was a good try. But I think that, I also think he, ha- he him going somewhere else is going to help kind of clear his image a bit. Because as long as he was with the Astros, that was always going to be a conversation. But if he, I'd say he's probably one of the more hated ones on the Astros. Oh, yeah, if, yeah definitely. But I think... Because he's been, he's he's talked a lot. He's, he's always, you know, said a lot and said, uh, you know, it's a bunch of crap. He never really fully apologized for it. No, yeah. Uh, but I think he gets away from the Astros. That slowly becomes less of a talking point, and eventually he can kind of move on. But he's got to do something else that is either equal or or more. He's got to be more famous for something else, and we'll see if he can do that. Because that's you say you say his name, everybody knows Cheater. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this week in college baseball, Alabama lost two to three at Southern Miss. Followed by a four to six Friday loss to number nine uh, Florida and a brutal thirteen to six loss to the Gators on Saturday night. Very rough week for Bama. Alabama softball had a much stronger week though, winning five to two at Southern Miss on Tuesday. A close five to six loss against number two Florida State on Wednesday, followed by a four to two win over number eight Kentucky on Friday and another win over the Wildcats in a three to uh, two score on Saturday. So Bama baseball and softball also had games earlier on Sunday, but this was recorded prior to those. And as for Auburn, the Tigers recorded a 6-13 loss to number one Ole Miss on Thursday, followed by an impressive 19-5 win over Mississippi the next day, but then the day after that, <laughs> lost 2-15 yeah. by Ole Miss once again to lose the series. So that was weird, but only beatdowns. I honestly thought we'd get swept to the... The uh, second game was a shock to me. Um, honestly, the first game, too, I think they would have had a good shot if the pitching was somewhat decent. But, yeah, Ole Miss just crushed the pitching all weekend. Um, and it's not a shock. I mean, once you get in the SEC play, Auburn tends to have some struggle um, struggles, usually on the batting side. But uh, I thought, um, offensive-wise, I thought uh, the bats did all right, except for the game yesterday. Um but, I mean, I'll take a game against the number one team in the country in a series uh, start SEC play. So, we'll see how it goes from here. But, my goodness, if Auburn doesn't have the toughest schedule in, uh, in the country, I don't know who else does. Well, in softball, Auburn had its game at Kennesaw State on Wednesday postponed before losing 7-10 to to South Carolina on Saturday and a game that went for 11 innings. The Tigers are continuing that series right now as this episode is airing. Um, so you can flip over and check that out if you feel so obligated, but don't until this is over or we will hunt you for sport. Isn't that right, Justin? Yeah, I was about to say, you're going to lose some, uh, viewers there. No. Hey, go watch this. Yeah. Who cares about us? We no, suck. Anyways. We will hunt you for sport. And that's, that's our, that's our, oh. the game manager's guarantee. That's actually what the game manager stands for. I don't know if anybody knows that, but it stands for the greatest game of all. And that's human. So. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, Justin, we're going to talk with March Madness in just a moment. But first, we need to get into our Weird News Weekly segment, Miss Managers. Mm. And now it is time for Miss Managers. 
The headline of this article by Mashable is, Oh no, construction workers find a bunch of teeth inside a wall. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's horrifying. Wait, what? Yeah. Student says she gave cookies containing grandfather's ashes to classmates. Why would you <laughs> ever tell someone that? Angry Seal helps Australian police bust drug smuggling ring. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Justin, I have good news for you because you can make an easy $1,500 a month and all it will cost you is a bit of poo. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I think this is how you say it. Serious Therapeutics, a biotech company, operates Good Nature, which has set up a shop in Arizona and is asking for donations of poop that can earn donors at least $25 to $75 per sample and you can do it up to $1,500 worth a month. That seems right. like a lot. That's that's. Hey, uh, let's get signed up. That's like a daily thing. Okay, well, I'm going to add this up here. I'm going to do some quick math, and by I do quick math, I mean I'm going to get on my little calculator. Okay, so let's say let's say they give you the max seventy five dollars, and you do it for thirty one days. Okay, well, that's well over fifteen hundred. So let's do the bob. Hmm. Huh? So yeah, you could do it daily and make your money. Okay, come on, that, let's do it. Is that something you would do if that was located, let's say, a mile from your house? Or, or do you have too much pride? <laughs> <laughs> so what all would they, they just collect my, my poop? I think, you, I think you have to bring it to them. <laughs> but that doesn't seem oh. sanitary. So surely they, you do it there. Uh, 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 I don't think. It'd have to be more money. <laughs> I think, yeah, it'd have to be like a drive through And then I have on a hat and a mask <laughs> and sunglasses. Yeah. And I already have it with me. Because I don't want to go you, in. You got the in, poop? Yeah. yeah, it's right here. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, but speaking of poo, unfortunately, we have another story that has to do with poo. I always feel very immature when we have the But these are the, this is the stories we get, Justin. We can't. We don't get to control the news, do we? So blame the no, people in these stories. At 4.40 p.m. on March 4th, Kenneth Clark Carlisle, 64, walked up his neighbor's driveway in his birthday suit and relieved himself, number two style, on the neighbor's glass patio table. Mm. The whole thing was caught um, on not one, but two separate angles of the victim's home security video footage. Great. The police report noted. <laughs> uh, Clearwater, Florida, officers arrived at Carlisle's oh, RV so camper. it happened in Florida? Of course it did. Shocker. Yes. Uh, they arrived at his RV camper where they spoke to him, quote, through the door, and he was still visibly naked and highly uncooperative, end of quote. <laughs> the bond on this incident is only $250, but he was already in trouble from a December infraction, so he remains in the pokey. Yikes, what a terrible neighbor. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Awful, <laughs> awful. And finally, in our most dramatic story, coming from Mirror.co, one mom claims speed of, quote, aggressive Aldi cashier left her, quote, crying and shaking. What? <laughs> <laughs> so the speed of an Aldi cashier when scanning items left this woman crying and shaking. Because she like, was just, like, amazed? Would you like to, would you like to hear the story? <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty impressive how fast they scan the items. Well, Nicola Fuller was shopping with her three young children when she became embroiled in a tense discussion with the, quote, disgracefully rude staff member 
uh, she told, I think this is Tessied Live, that she was traumatized by his, quote, aggressive approach and the, quote, ferocious speed of the conveyor belts while checking ferocious. out. Ferocious? The loyal Aldi shopper says the worker refused to slow down his scanning, even as food fell from the allocated packing area onto the floor, quote, like a slot machine. The 35-year-old customer uh, in the Gisboro store in North York's were, quote, gawping at the cashiers, continued to scan, quote, piling the food high on the floor. Eventually, huge towers of product piled up as Nicola frantically reached to pack her bags as quickly as possible. Uh, this is a quote from her. He could see my struggle when a tin of tin finally fell. I began crying and shaking, she said. I knelt to the floor to pick up the food while simultaneously trying to watch my children. I asked the cashier to please stop scanning through more food and that it felt like he was throwing the items at me. <laughs> But Nicola says she received a, quote, blunt and aggressive response as the cashier accused her of not packing quickly enough and dubbed her a liar for her accusations. Uh, Nicola said another Aldi worker then took over and diffused the tense exchange while the cashier walked away. She says the other worker was very lovely and understanding, but the incident has personally knocked my confidence. Shopping with three children can be challenging enough without suffering panic and anxiety at the checkout and leaving the store in tears. I was shocked how someone in customer care could disregard my struggle with no empathy or care whatsoever. It's totally unacceptable. How much of a slap in the face is it that someone goes grocery shopping, they go to the checkout line, and they talk about how they had just this terrible anxiety and they just felt like it was a slap in the face while there's other people that have to deal with actual anxiety or something a lot worse. And this lady's crying on the floor because of a bad experience. At well, the here's my thing. Line. I'm going to say that the cashier was probably a jerk and he yes. probably was scanning too fast. And also this lady probably has some other issues going on. That's what it sounds like. If yeah. you're crying, if you're breaking down. So it was probably just a terrible, terrible meeting of two people that should never meet. <laughs> it's probably why. <laughs> never again. <laughs> All right. Well, we are up against a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk all about March Madness, so stay tuned. You're listening to The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is Justin Knight. I'm still here. Justin, I don't know if you've heard, but March Madness got well underway this week. You probably have no idea because you, you secretly live in the attic of a stranger's house and have no access to the outside world outside of when I call you for this podcast. Isn't that right? Yeah, I don't know what's going on until you call me and give me updates of kind of what's happening out there. Yeah, once I mean, a I don't week. Know if, I don't know if it's sunny, rainy. Um, I don't know if the world's on fire. I just know um, you give me a great perspective of what's going on out there. I'm glad I can do that because I, I know it's hard for you in that attic, but it's tough. It we, gets a little toasty. <laughs> well, don't worry because uh, winter's coming up. I don't know if I've told you that it's about to be get really oh, cold. It? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. So, so just try to warm, get that place as warm as you can. Yeah, it should be pretty toasty up there. 
Uh, Friday night, I believe it was, the last remaining perfect March Madness bracket fell apart, meaning there are no perfect brackets remaining in the world, which means I lose the bet that said this year would be the year that somebody gets them all right. <laughs> Although I don't, <laughs> I don't remember what the stakes and, were. Um, it was probably like I needed to get, I don't know. It was probably oh, I think it was that I have to get bit by a, a snake coming out of the toilet and struck by lightning at the same time. Yes, because you have a better chance of that happening than someone getting a perfect bracket. Yeah, I still don't believe that, but... Well, I mean, you better believe it because it didn't even last two days and nobody had a perfect bracket, so... Well, that's still not going to happen, though. <laughs> Eventually, this is going to happen, but the other <laughs> no, one will it's not. not. This will never happen. No one will ever get a perfect bracket. It will never happen. Well, I should ask, Justin, how, how is your bracket looking? It's just not bad. I'm actually He's- not too upset with it right now i think after today i should uh be in a good spot if uh, everything goes the way as planned well mine's mine's going really well too as you, as you oh yeah it is yeah yeah, yeah uh, i saw i saw you have a max score of 980 that's the most points you can get so that's pretty good is that good um considering my max score is like 1760 and yours is like 980 probably not <laughs> okay yeah i think i picked kentucky to win it all and they, they didn't do that did they no, <laughs> they did not. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to break down both Alabama and Auburn's performances thus far. And how about we start with six-seed Alabama's lackluster performance and unceremonious end of the season in its 78-64 to loss to 11th-seeded Notre Dame. Mm. Uh, Keon Ellis, he led Alabama, who ended the season 19-14, and 14, with 16 points. And Jaden Shackelford scored 13 Junior point guard Javon Kinnerly suffered a terrible left knee injury early in the game, did not return. His knee was in an immobilizing brace when he came back to the Crimson Tide bench. And since then, he has stated that his college career is over, but still has hopes of a timely recovery to join a team in the NBA. Uh, The Tide made consecutive NCAA appearances for the first time since 2006, but, of course, ended their season with four straight losses what was your take on this game justin this game i wasn't surprised i actually picked notre dame to win it just because of how alabama's looked um past couple weeks and yeah it didn't help using uh losing a quinterly there early in the game but um i I don't know if it would have changed much considering alabama lost by 14 um notre dame's been on a good a good streak um ryan their their guard he (laughs) he was lights out shot seven to nine from three Scored 29 points. Um, and it's just the thing that's killed Alabama all year is defense and turnovers. Um, so with Quinterly going out, they had – so J.D. Davidson, he played a lot a lot more minutes. And, um, you know, for a five-star, I haven't been overly impressed from what I'm seeing from him. Um, I think he shows moments where he can be pretty good. Uh, but I mean, he's a <laughs> he's a turnover machine, I'll say that. He turned the ball over six times, and a lot of times, a lot of crucial moments. I think there was one where I thought Alabama maybe was going to make a run and try to come back, um, but <laughs> I think Notre Dame missed a shot, or they or Alabama blocked Notre Dame's shot. They got the rebound. Davidson was running up the court and threw ball across uh, to the other side and <laughs> gets uh, picked off by a Notre Dame player, and he takes it for a dunk. Um, so, but I saw him turn up the ball over a lot. I think he. I don't. I'm guessing he's he's probably coming back. He's not trying to go to the draft. I would believe. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, Alabama had a lot of talented players, but it just didn't 
come together this year. Um, I think there's, you know, I think supposed to have a pretty good recruiting class coming in uh, next year. So we'll see. I I think um, all these people talking about Nate Oates, I've seen a lot of Alabama fans saying Nate Oates needs to go, which is pretty funny. Um, He's, you know, actually taking you to two straight uh, tournament appearances um, and you're already upset with him. But, you know, I think the issue is um, there's probably some Alabama fans that expect too much so soon um, because they they see football and they see how successful that's been forever and then they expect the same thing for basketball it's not going to happen yeah my take on it as as someone who has followed Alabama their whole life as an Alabama fan if Auburn wasn't doing well Alabama doesn't mm, care about this that you know what (laughs) that's a that's actually a really good point I I hadn't really crossed my mind but yeah if Auburn with Bruce Pearl wasn't having the success right now, yeah, Alabama could care less about basketball. Yeah, yeah it's just the competition thing. It is. Because when, in the last 20 years, has Alabama fans really liked college basketball as much as they do now? I'm not saying there wasn't fans. I know there's somebody listening that's like, oh, I've always been a fan. Yeah, we know. Shut up. We're talking about people, <laughs> the regular Joe, the average Alabama fan who doesn't care. And they do now, but I think it's mostly because Auburn is having success. And you could say the same thing to an extent about football. Auburn football's expectations way higher since Nick Saban has been so dominant at Alabama. Prior to that, expectations not that high, right? 10-win season? Yeah, more than likely. Great yeah. time. Yeah, 10-win season now, not enough. You need to win a national championship. Yeah, seriously. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's where we're at. It's it's kind of that flip effect. Um, yeah, I think that once Auburn... Once Bruce Pearl moves on from Auburn, once the program dips a bit, uh, you'll see less Alabama fans' interest as well. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but that's my take on it. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, it just depends. I mean, they're getting the new basketball arena at Alabama too. But yeah, if Auburn was to have a dip in the program, you know, once Bruce Pearl finally retired, yeah, I don't. I it'd be hard to say that. Alabama fans would be as enthusiastic as they are now to try to be competitive. Yeah. Because, yeah, I agree. I mean, think about 10 years ago, Auburn-Alabama basketball. You think that was even on the map? It was nowhere. No. Yeah. Nobody, Nobody cared about Auburn. About yeah, I, I, I recall going to one game. It was an Alabama-Auburn game. I think Auburn won like 51-50. But I could I could have cared less growing up about Auburn and Alabama basketball was not on my mind. Right. It was it was football. You just thought spring football. When's that happening? That's all yep, it, was. it was. It was football. Now, softball is completely I mean, Alabama softball's always been good. They've been good for a long time. Yeah. And uh, I think that's made more people interested in Auburn softball and trying to be competitive. Especially when Auburn made the World Series championship and they lost to um Oklahoma Oklahoma in best of 3 series. But um yeah, I agree. It's just a it's a competitive thing being rivals that's gonna make you more interested like oh i'm seeing they're actually doing good in the sport that they haven't been successful in for a long time okay we need to do something about it too let's uh let's talk about auburn's game over jacksonville state which sucks that these two teams got paired together because that's one of those alabama based teams we're going to get eliminated um but you know luck of the draw whatever Auburn beat Jacksonville State 82-61. Um, 
right now, as this is airing, number two Auburn is gearing up for tip-off against number 10 Miami. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in a second. But uh, this game against uh, Jacksonville State was the Tigers' 10th straight NCAA opening win. Jabari Smith had an excellent tournament debut with 20 points, 14 rebounds, and a right-handed slam dunk. Mm. Parker Kessler finished a block shy of a triple-double with 13 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 blocks. And Katie Johnson had 10 points and a couple of threes as well. But as for tonight's game, Auburn is a 7-point favorite over Miami, and the ESPN matchup predictor gives Bruce Pearl's team a 82.7% chance to win. Jeez. The Hurricanes blew a double-digit lead against 7th seed USC, but escaped in a close 68-66 win to make it thus far. What do you expect to see from this game that should be gearing up any second now? Um, well, I'll bounce back to the previous game against Jacksonville State. Um, I thought, I mean, you wouldn't think much of it with a 2C beating a 15C, but considering St. Peter's, who was a 15C, and they upset Kentucky, um, you know, anything is good for the confidence. I thought this was a great confidence booster, especially Auburn was five and four in their last nine games. They struggled, you know, not playing on their home court. And I thought we shot the ball well, shot 44% from uh, the field and then 37% from three, which is huge. Hadn't really shot well from three. Um, Katie Johnson had a great bounce back game, but I, the defense is really what gonna, it's, it's going to be a key factor for us because we know we've been solid on defense and I thought the defense played great. Uh, the other day it's going to really help us if we want to make a run and especially that and then making threes but I thought it couldn't have asked for a better start um, was never too worried um, I know the first half was pretty close until a three minute mark and then we went on a big run but it's just what you need for a team that's you know been just average the past few weeks it's huge for the confidence so tonight against Miami I think it'll be you know, a good game. I think it'll be tough just because um, Miami plays hard. They've had um, some pretty good success the past couple of weeks. Now, I think in our advantage is we have height. They don't really have many big guys. They rely a lot on their guard play. Both their guards are outstanding. They play very good. So uh, I think Wendell Green for us coming off the bench is going to have to make an impact, play good defense. But I think a lot of people um, don't talk much about him is uh, Zepp Jasper. He's he's kind of like he's the gel. He really gels everybody together as the point guard. He doesn't really score, not much of a scoring guy, doesn't really shoot much, but he's fan, he's the best defensive player on that team. He plays hard all 40 minutes of that game. Um, it's it's awesome to see him play defense because he'll, he'll do a four-court press on you. He's all the way there um, at the inbound, and he's on his guy all the way. So I think with his play on defense, it really um, – I think it in, you know inspires everybody else on defensive play as well. So, you know, I think if we're able to stop their guards, we should win. Um, and I think with our size, we can just attack the basket. We should be okay. But I can't say anything considering how this March Madness has gone in any March Madness. You just never know. You know, um, Baylor lost yesterday. Already had a number one seed gone. Gonzaga almost lost to Memphis yesterday as well. So, but if everything goes the way it's planned, I think Auburn should win. But if we're not able to stop the guards, we're going to struggle. Well, before we move on to the next segment, I just wanted to quickly say also that 12 seeded UAB also made it to the NCAA tournament, but didn't make it as far 
as they would have liked as they lost to Houston 82-68 in the first round. The Blazers' leading scorers being Jordan Walker with 17 points, a rebound and an assist, followed by Michael Artell with 13 points, an assist, and a steal. And KG uh, Buffett, who had 10 points, 11 rebounds, and an assist, uh, three steals, and a block. So the Blazers could not put enough points to hang with the fifth-seeded Houston, but uh, still a very good season for UAB. I always like to see them in the tournament. Yeah, I think they're going to have some uh, good years to come. Well, Justin, it is now time to learn a thing or two in your educational segment. Let's visit the learning corner with Professor Knight. All right, students, gather round and put on your listening ears. It's time to visit the learning corner with Professor Knight. What are we learning today, Professor? Oh, good evening, everyone. Welcome to another week of trying to learn something new. So, this week, I think I just wanted to look at March 20th. You know March 20th is a good day, don't you think? Um, no. No? You don't think so? Uh, maybe. Convince me otherwise. I mean, 20 is a good number. March is a pretty good month. You know, spring is here. It's coming it's pretty soon. I think it's coming next week, correct? Um, maybe. I mean, I'll have to look. I, like you said, you're in that attic, so you can't, you don't know. But I have no idea. I mean, you told me it was winter, but I thought it was March, so no, spring's no. coming. No, it's about to be winter. Get okay. your coats. Okay. Good, tell All me, right, tell me so about March 20th. March 20th. I'll give you a few things that happened today in history. So, 2020, just a couple years ago, Tom Brady agrees on a two-year, $50 million deal with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, when you heard this, how surprised were you that he decided to choose Tampa Bay? Uh, I was very surprised, and I was also disgusted that he chose to trademark Tampa Brady, Tampa Bay, (laughs) and Tampa Brady. And then he wanted everybody to call him TB12, which everyone started to do. And I thought thought he was already called TB12. Yeah, but he really geared it up. That was when he was like, since he was everybody Tampa call now. me TB12. I've got t-shirts. Buy my shirts. Which I can't say anything. We do the same thing. But yeah, I buy our game manager's merchandise now. <laughs> Please. Or we will hunt you for sport, as previously established. Uh, in 1990, uh, Lakers retire Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is number 33 after his incredible career. And uh, now... Um, LeBron James is trying to chase down his uh, points record, so we'll see if he's able to catch it. Uh, 1989, uh, MLB Baseball, they announced the Red, that uh, Reds manager Pete Rose is under investigation. Hmm. Which is just you know, terrible, the fact that this dude will never be in the Hall of Fame but has the most hits ever um, over you know some betting stuff. Which is the same thing we, uh, we talked about with Calvin Ridley. I'm about to say, I think you find a way to bring up Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame every single week. <laughs> he should be in the Hall of Fame. Come on. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, 1988, uh, defending champion Mike Tyson, he beats Tony Tubbs by TKO in round two of the Tokyo Dome. Tokyo for the undisputed world heavyweight boxing title. Mm, that's no I saw. Beat. I actually saw something interesting the other day that said, would you uh, get paid... A million dollars every year, and then once a year have to get punched by Mike Tyson. Just once a year. Just once a year, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'd do it. A lot of that money would go to facial reconstruction, but I'd do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Prime, think prime Mike Tyson just lays one into you. Uh, and uh, yeah, how much money again? Money. A million. Yeah, I'd have to, but I would really dread that day. I would probably spend if after that first time, I'd spend the remaining gear just training to take a punch. But yeah, I would I would do it. Yeah, I, I don't know because I feel like after three years I may have brain damage, and there's only so much that a million can do. Um, I, at some point I may just become a vegetable, and I'm receiving a million dollars to go to my hospital bills. That's true. So, you, it depends where he's hitting you in the face too. If it's yeah, know. what if he just hit? What if he just hits me one in the temple and I'm dead? <laughs> I don't even get a chance to enjoy the million. I think I'd, I would need it specifically stated he can't hit me in the temple or in the back of the head. <laughs> it has to be like yeah, on I the hope cheek. he wouldn't hit us yeah. in the back of the head. That's a yeah. cheap shot. <laughs> Maybe that's terrible. the thing. Okay, how about this? What if you bump it up to five million, but he punches you? You don't know when it's happening, and it could be anywhere. So he could come up and punch you in the temple, drop out of a tree, and hit you, <laughs> or something. You don't know when it's happening. I'd still know, take that, that, that deal. Ba- that may be better because I'd rather it just I have no idea when it well I don't know though this 365 days a year where I'm on edge like could be could today be the day that Mike Tyson finally just comes out of the woodwork and just lays one into me how funny would it be if he waited to the last day of the year too and then you knew it was coming but you didn't know know, what no what would suck is he waited till last day like December 31st and then January 1st he does it again he's back (laughs) to back that would be really good so uh, I'd rather I'd rather know actually yeah just choose the day okay go ahead let's get it over with just hit me right now come on <laughs> very good very good all right 1973 uh, Pittsburgh Pirates right fielder Roberto Clemente he was elected to baseball's Hall of Fame 11 weeks after his death in a plane crash hmm. um, 1971 the Boston Bruins they win their 13th straight NHL game which I don't know. What you know what the record is for most games won in a row in NHL? Uh, I can look it up real quick while you read the next fact. And uh go with some March Madness, nineteen sixty five, the twenty seventh NCAA men's basketball championship where UCLA they beat Michigan ninety one eighty for Bruins back to back national titles. And a Gail Goodrich had forty two points. So going back to your question, the Pittsburgh Penguins hold the record for the longest win streak in NHL history at 17 games set in the 92-93 season. Okay, nice. All right, does that wrap up your segment? Actually, I just had one more for you. 1911, the uh, National Squash Tennis Association forms. The what? The National Squash Tennis Association forms, 1911. Hmm. National Squash Tennis Association? Yeah, look it up. Is that still around? I have no idea. Look it up and tell me what you find. <laughs> Was this a, an association made primarily of squash farmers? It just No, like squash the sport. Oh, I thought like the the, the plant. No, squash. National Squash Tennis Association forms. Oh, okay. Um I don't know if it's still around, but it certainly was a thing. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. I don't think it's a thing anymore. Not anymore. I mean, <laughs> squash tennis, I think, is an American variant of squash. What is squash? A racket have... and ball sport played by two players in a four-walled court 
with a small hollow rubber ball. Is this the thing where you hit it at the wall oh, and then you see it in movies? Yeah, it has it has a different name. What's the other name? Racquetball? Yeah, maybe. I don't I don't know. Uh yeah, racquetball. It no. It's for younger players, the game offers the complexity of squash and the speed of racquetball. I think they're very similar though. Okay. If you're a if you're a squashy boy out there, if you like to do a lot of squash, squashy boy. If you're a little squashy boy. Or girl, it's, it's 2022. Women can play squash tennis as well. As we can they? <laughs> they can. They're they're more than welcome. Uh, All right, Justin, we're up against another break. But when we come back, we're going to uh, give out uh, the most prestigious awards in sports history, the TG Emmys. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Game Managers Podcast, where we are about to present the most prestigious weekly awards in the sports world, the TG Emmys. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. Oh, howdy. I'm still here. Justin, I have an incredibly specific award that I want to give out today. Okay. And this award is for the university that either must be getting blackmailed or is morally bankrupt and has a weird allegiance to a former football coach who ruined his own reputation in hilarious fashion. Okay. <laughs> and this award goes to the Ohio State University, who chose oh. former coach and 24-year-old young grinding woman and a bar fanatic, Urban Meyer, to serve as a board member for a nonprofit that will pay Buckeye players and basketball players to work with charity. What? Yeah. When did that happen? Because when you think of a charitable soul, a saint oh, yeah. of Urban the college football world, Urban Meyer comes to mind. Obviously, yeah. He's a great guy. Mm. What award do you have for us, Justin? All right, so my award for the week, it, it goes to the most overrated conference uh, in basketball, and that's the SEC. After oh. their outstanding performance so far, um, Tennessee lost to 11 seed Michigan. Alabama lost 11 seed Notre Dame. Kentucky lost to 15 seed uh, St. Peter's. LSU uh, they lost to um, 11 seed Iowa State. And am I missing anybody, or is that uh, is that it? I mean, it just it just means more, doesn't it, or less? It just means more. Yeah, everybody all season was talking about man, SEC is one of those top conferences in the country. And they sure have shown it so far. So far, Arkansas's made it to the Sweet 16 barely. They've uh, barely got past their first uh, or New Mexico State last night uh, in a close, low-scoring game. And then Auburn's going to try to get past Miami, which who knows? Miami could upset them too. So uh, not looking great. Uh, your teams that are looking good, Big Ten, I think ACC's look pretty good so far too. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of talk about the SEC and how good the conference was. And a lot of people picked Tennessee to make a Final Four run or even win the championship, and that didn't work out. And same thing with Kentucky. So not a great start. Well, the award for a high school athlete of the week goes to summoning Christian pitcher Braden Woodard, who surrendered zero runs on zero hey, hits. Is that a little bias coming from you? It may be. It may uh, be. Yeah. Over five innings, walking none, and a twenty-four to nothing win over Cornerstone on Thursday. Jeez, twenty-four nothing. Yes, yeah, there's a lot of run, a lot of runs scored. The award for best of the week goes to St. Peter's for defying the odds to make it to the Sweet Sixteen. The first team from New Jersey to make it that far in the playoffs since two thousand 
just the third ever 15 seed to do so, and the first 15 seed in the Sweet 16 that's also mentioned in R.E.M.'s Man on the Moon. Nice. Uh, do you remember when Florida Gulf Coast, they made that run? Weren't they? I wonder how, I don't remember how far they made. I need to look up and see, because they made an improbable run uh, like 10 years back or something. Bust of the week, the opposite of best of the week, goes to the University of Texas's Pro Day, which had no head coaches or general managers from the NFL show up to watch. None. Texas. That's, that's, that's pretty crazy. Good. Yeah. yeah, good for them. And to wrap up the show, we have our listener emails. If you'd like to reach the show, you can do so at GameManagersPod at gmail.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGMPod. Follow us there as well. This email comes from Danny. Danny says, last Danny, episode... hey, Danny. Hey, he says, hi. He says, hi, Justin, how are you? No, he doesn't say that. Oh, man, I'm doing great. Last episode, you guys gave love advice. Now let's get some parental advice. At what age should kids be able to watch horror movies? My daughter is seven, and when her mother isn't around, we watch horror movies because she wants to see scary movies that she isn't allowed to. She does just fine, but we hide it from her mother anyway. A list of movies we have watched thus far are The Chucky Movies, Nightmare on Elm Street, Gremlins, Friday the 13th, Halloween 1 and 2, and It 2017. Does this make me a bad father? If you say no, <laughs> then thanks. If you say yes, then you're both cowards, Danny. Oh, thanks, Danny. I probably am a coward. <laughs> you you don't want to you don't want to you show your kids those movies? Uh, if you actually, had kids? I like I like Gremlin. Gremlins is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, Gremlins is fine to show a kid. I think. Yeah, I I don't really know. I don't really know until I have a kid. To be honest, yeah, I don't I don't have a kid either. To uh, make a uh, have an opinion on this because I don't have any kids. I yeah. have no idea. But if you I'll tell you, show your kid a scary movie, go ahead. It's your kid. I'll tell you what happened to me when I was young. So I was allowed to watch anything that I basically thought I was ready for. So if I didn't think I was ready for it, I, I, would, I wouldn't watch it. Yeah. And so I probably started watching horror movies around that age, maybe a year or two older. And I think the first one I saw was Chucky. And I watched it with my parents. And it didn't bother me at all. So then I yeah. got to watch some other stuff. So then I'd like, we'd go to Blockbuster, I'd rent like... Nightmare on Elm Street, and then I'd watch See, Friday the 13th. And it never bothered me. Yeah. I'd watch them by myself and had no issue. But I think it depends See, on the kid. Like I think there's some kids that you can't show that stuff to, or they'll never sleep in their own bed. That's true, yeah. yeah. It just depends on the kid. But also, I don't think I have an opinion in this, because I've never been a huge fan of scary movies to begin with. It's not my kind of genre of movie. What would you say then just about like an... an an intense action movie like a John Wick. Would you show a kid a, like a John oh, Wick? Oh gosh, I don't know. That that's because that, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, uh, but I mean, so is Nightmare on Elm Street or Chucky. You know, I, I mean, I've never seen those, so I don't know. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I've no. I guess just whatever you feel comfortable with. You know, if it's yeah. not going to keep them up all night <laughs> and terrify them forever, that's probably fine. I'm going to say, keep doing what you're doing, Danny, and I hope your your wife isn't listening to this. Yeah, I was about to say, make sure she doesn't listen. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps up the show. Um, that, that's, that wraps it up, Justin. Did you know that? Uh, I, I was just going to say, uh, Florida Gulf Coast in 2013, they made it to the Sweet 16 as a 15 seed as well. Oh, lovely. Congratulations to that team from decades ago. Yeah, <laughs> and the last time they made the tournament was 2017, so it's been a while. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. 
Uh, if you're listening on a podcast platform, be sure to like and subscribe. If you're listening on the radio, come back next week, 6 p.m. on Sundays. I'm Nick Norris. I've been here with Justin Knight, and we will see you next week. Hey, we're ugly anyways. Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut! Hut! Hike! Thank you for listening to The Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGM Pod. Until next week, goodbye, adios, and sayonara.